everyone, and welcome to the final episode of the second season of River Do's and River Don'ts, the Riverdale Review Podcast, <laughs> where we are, uh, we're going to take you through a, like a play-by-play of the episode, we're going to just take you through it, and then we're going to take you through our River Do, what we liked about the episode, a River Don't, what we thought could have used some work. And then our weekly weird, what was most Riverdalian about this thing. This is chapter 35, Brave New World, which was directed by Stephen A. Adelson and written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Uh, I'm Kat Cool. I'm Rob Stith. I'm Quinn Welsh Wilson. And we are at the end of this thing. One last ride. We open with Betty, Veronica, and Archie at Jughead's grave. And of course, this is a dream that is being had by Jughead or a someone. Brain funeral. In the hospital, because of course it fucking is. <sighs> FP is watching over Jughead. Uh, turns out that even his inspiring read stupid act of the previous episode wasn't enough. That there were too many ghoulies. The war is effectively lost. Also, Fangs is alive, and the call from the deputy about him being dead was just more of Hiram's chicanery, just to get the serpents to fight, I guess. Uh, and yeah, serpents are more or less over, between arrests, defections to the ghoulies, and runaways. Like, it's it's the end of an era. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine later. <laughs> Betty wants to focus on Jughead and Alice now, and atoning for Hal's shit, and... Despite not any longer being like a student body president thing happening, no more dumb election parallel student nonsense, Bughead seems relatively healthy at this point. We really haven't played that much with like relationship mix em ups and like the love triangle and stuff. Like, we you really know what Archie's just. Have... about? Yeah. The show yeah, doesn't yeah. Give, We've basically give a shit just about kept what Archie's the relationships about. completely stable with like a few little bumps in the road here and there, but like mm-hmm. pretty much just mm-hmm. paired them off permanently. Oh well. Veronica helps strategically undermine Hermione's campaign, which is pretty cool. Uh, Fred despairs that people are already crediting the lodges with having saved the town from chaos, but Varchi are not giving up. Uh, Veronica has also stopped running for student body president, sensing a theme. We get a call from Betty. Uh, and the main four characters meet in the hospital and discuss the mystery of the shooter, the second Black Hood, who could not possibly have been Hal. Uh, he seems politically motivated when you cancel all the stuff out that Hal did. So everyone's thinking, okay, this is connected to Hiram. Now, he wouldn't actually don the hood himself, but you know he'd uh, Hiram. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah! <laughs> I, ha- I, I had to. <laughs> Uh, they consider Mineta, since he just kind of, like, showed up as a toady, like, and doesn't have alibis. <laughs> like, it's a good, it's a good shout. That's probably who it is. <laughs> McCoy completes legal stuff uh, with Cheryl, who is now set up to have Nana Rose as a guardian, and she fucking kicks Penelope and Claudius out of the house. <laughs> and she has them living in a barn. <laughs> it's amazing. 
didn't she say in an earlier episode that they are pig people and deserve to live among the pigs? She did. Yeah. She certainly did. They are living in a barn now, you guys. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's so on the nose. It's glorious. Like, this is when they bother to have continuity just to do this. <laughs> but now they are having a meeting with Hiram. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Betty comes home to Alice just freaking out on the assembled press and looky-loos. And, like, these assholes are still there the next morning. Jughead wants to help, but there's really, like, nothing that can be done, really. Yeah. Archie identifies Hal as the Black Hood. Minetta blames riots and looting on the second Black Hood and is, like, super dismissive of it. And he does this, I should note, while eating an apple in the slice-as-you-go method with a knife, which is a symbol of villainy. (laughs) So, yeah, he's still looking pretty good for being the shooter. Betty goes to Fred to apologize for Hal's nonsense. And when she said, I'm supposed to be this great detective, it really seems like she accidentally drank Veronica's coffee this morning. Uh, Having these, like, grandiose meta-pronouncements. Like, this is, like, season one Veronica stuff going on here. Kevin comforts a very, very sad moose who is upset about Midge's locker tribute area getting all fucked up in the riot, and they seem to get back together, at least briefly. Reggie and Josie also want out of the race for student body president because Reggie realizes he's a baby shit man and Josie very aptly realizes that politics are awful and will ruin your life. Uh, and so it seems like maybe we're going to get Ethel as student yeah, body president. Uh, That's like what it seems like at this point in the episode. Ethel's underdog poster said that she was the third party candidate. And I was like, what, what parties are there in school elections? Again, these people <laughs> don't know how things work. I mean, but also a teenager would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're probably right. There is a discussion of a 2-hour bus ride of Southside students from Riverdale High somewhere else. Yeah. They they're just going to another nearby school. Somehow it's now crowded at Riverdale even though they handled it just fine when they closed Southside for the whole season since then. And apparently crowding is now a problem, and apparently now this is also a legal thing that you're allowed to just do, like, based on what neighborhood you live in, we're just going to send you to another school. Well, right, and, like, some of that was transparently bullshit, like, in the fiction. Yeah. Like, the overcrowding thing was obviously, like, a pretense. Very, very weird. Didn't like it much. Anyway, there are apparently some serpents still at the White Worm. Hold up. We discover. Cheryl tells Veronica about Hiram's meeting in the barn, and Veronica accuses him of having Claudius impersonate Black Hood to sow chaos and try to kill Fred. Okay, maybe Claudius? I guess. Why not? A lot of serpents are homeless at the White Worm now because most of the trailer park got destroyed in the riot, which is just more Southside people getting fucking shit on. Varchi try to comfort Betty over just how fucked up all this stuff with her dad is, because, I mean, yeah, like, her, her world is not great either and Jughead comes home to a drunk FP who got fired by Hiram FP argues very morosely that the fact that there are some serpents still around doesn't mean that it's not over and that they need to just get the fuck out he wants to move them to Toledo with mom because he doesn't want to bury his son which seems reasonable seems very reasonable incredibly reasonable but I mean the adult saying a reasonable thing is definitely framed as you you have given up and you are wrong in this show because reasonable is not what we're aiming for 
McCoy says that Fred can get the Southsiders to turn out for the election unlike normal. They have a very low rate of voting. Uh, Minetta, meanwhile, claims an anonymous tip led cops to the second Black Hood who was killed during his arrest and it was Tallboy. Nothing suspicious or corrupt about that at all. Someone who is doing political favors for Hiram doing crimes on his behalf, suddenly turning up dead and neatly tying up this Black Hood thing. Hmm. And oh my god, guys, are you ready? Polly. <laughs> fucking Polly comes back after the whole framing of her leaving the show, seeming like she was permanently leaving the show and they were just not going to touch on her plots whatsoever anymore. Many, many episodes ago, she's just back. And she fucking wants them to visit and forgive Hal based on some nonsense she learned at the farm. And like... Wow. So you leave and you know nothing about this situation and you just come in telling people their business. And weirdly, Alice is like, oh, maybe Polly's right. But thankfully, it's just about for like just seeing him, not about actually forgiving him. So it's not complete character assassination. I don't want to deal with that's a I'm worried about. I don't know if I can handle next season, y'all. I don't want to deal with Polly's <sighs> stupid cult. Oh, God. I'm sure that that's a big thing. Because, like, you they know, brought her back. Oh, God. Like, I want to do the Dungeons and Dragons, but, like, yeesh. Okay. Yeah. Hermione admits that it's possible that Hiram was behind the attack at Town Hall and gives Veronica a potential really big bargaining chip or a big lever of power, which is that there is one last place in the south side that Hiram doesn't control, and that's the White Worm. Mm-hmm. And she needs money, but that isn't hard. Wait, like, wasn't the whole point of the plot of the last couple episodes that she doesn't have any money anymore? But didn't she just steal back all the money? Did she actually find her money? I don't remember. Maybe she found her money. She found her money. I guess she found the... uh, Yeah. Okay, okay, sure. When she broke up with... When she found the October surprise, I think she also found her money. Yeah, I think she got access to her money. We have to assume that. McCoy is representing Veronica in this whole property thing, but... That money was ransom money, you guys. Oh, it's very, very (laughs) ill-gotten. Like, if there was laundering of this money, it was done off screen without anyone talking about it and didn't take any time. Yeah, it's not clean money. In no no world is that clean money. Mm -hmm. You don't need a lawyer for this. Like, how are lawyers going to help you? This is super illegal, all of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Jughead and Archie discuss Tallboy and suggest that maybe Mineta was told to gun him down to tie up loose ends. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Penelope seems angry that Cheryl would prefer the guardianship of Nana. What the fuck? <laughs> of course she prefer What? Okay, did they not remember any of Penelope's lines? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess she can just be super, super out of touch and inconsistent and irrational. Well, I mean, she can just be irrational. As, right? as an abuser, I guess. Yeah. But, like, she's like, oh, how dare you not want me as your mother? Are you, like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, I mean, that's what abusive moms are like, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, Cheryl's going to deliver food to people at the White Worm, and Penelope desperately wants her not to go there for some reason. Uh, Cheryl rushes to Andrews's place, then to warn the folks assembled there about an incoming crackdown led by Sheriff Mineta at the White Worm. Uh, and so at this point, Jughead organizes a quiet, quick getaway uh, to Asylum on the north side, which seems like the kind of town unity theme that we want for any kind of good resolution for this season with, like, all the friggin' Nazi stuff. 
the way that they frame these shots of the Southsiders making their pilgrimage is just kind of wild. <laughs> it's like some sort of Warsaw Ghetto Moses something going on for sure. Yeah, there's like some odd religious undertone. There really is. It's a lot. So Veronica goes to Jughead with Hiram's plan about acquiring the White Worm, and Veronica apparently has a better plan than even getting the White Worm if they move quickly. <sighs> I'm going to point out, fast forwarding a bit, it's not a better plan. I hate it this. It literally doesn't do the thing that they need it to do. I hate this so much. Ah. This is like a banner bit of stupidity from Veronica. I don't mm-hmm. know why do... Is it just because they can't afford the set anymore? I need someone to explain this or to me why we're doing really this. Or somebody just really wants to do this other thing real bad and want it to have something to do with the plot instead of just being random dumb bullshit, which is what it is. I don't I know. I guess it's because it's now that you've told me that they're going to have a speakeasy, it's because they want to do the speakeasy. But I'm just so furious, Rob. Oh, I'm I so- know. It doesn't. Re- it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. This is. I've got just, a better uh, plan that doesn't accomplish the goal of our plan. And I get that Veronica's a child, but like she's she's not been shown to be this stupid, right? Oh, I mean, at least we usually could not. maintain the foothold that keeps my father from completely dominating the South Side, or. or- <laughs> I could own the diner that I go to on a weekly basis. And let him have a complete monopoly over the South Side and let his plan come to fruition. Yep, that's how we win. We just give the Nazis what they want and then everyone will see how bad it is and they will lose. It's like a fucking Mm. Democrat plan. It sucks Uh so bad. Yep. Hiram comes to the White Worm to meet with the proprietor, but Veronica's already bought the place and is willing to sell it to him in exchange for Pop's Chocolate Shop, famously not on the south side. Okay, also, I want to say real quick, Hogeye, they refer to him offhandedly as Mr. Hoggins in this scene, which is like, come on, (laughs) can a dude's nickname just be Hogeye? I don't know. I don't know. Hiram says that she has to forfeit all of her stake in Lodge Industries if they make this deal, and she is fine with it. Yeah. Why are people giving Hiram all these easy layups after he has exposed himself as a useless villain over the course of several episodes, and now everyone's just giving him everything he wants for no reason, and I fucking hate it. time for Hiram to fail upward. It's the end of the season. There's nothing... There is nothing about Pop's Chocolate Shop that has been shown to us as, like, worthwhile. The stakes are not... There are no stakes there. All we know is that Pop shouldn't have to deal with this stuff. Like, so far we didn't know when, if there was this stuff in the basement. It's been hard to defend. We've had to defend it several times, and it sucks. The kids don't actually spend a lot of time there anymore. There are no emotional and, stakes. This sucks. Everything about this sucks. Yep. Didn't they establish early in the season also that it, like, was not in a good fiscal position? Yes. Yeah. Like, Pops had to like, sell it out to, uh... He had to sell it out to Hiram. Hiram because... Although, that is because of Black Hood stuff, which is ostensibly over now. But, yeah. It's... But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if it's worth more or less than the White Worm, but I would imagine that all of the, like ancillary concessions that come from seeding the entire south side to Hiram Lodge. And all of your stock in the millions and millions of dollar company? But Rob, that's ill-begotten money, unlike the kidnapping money that she used to purchase no, this. No, I mean, that tracks. That was good kidnapping money. 
This was like, like St. Clair. <laughs> anyway, this is this is very bad. Uh, Betty is worried about evil being passed down since three generations of her father's family are murderers. Uh, and Jughead's like, uh, no, you're not evil, Betty. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about all that dark Betty stuff. Election day! Betty visits Hal and insists she's not like him. And it turns out that she is there to say goodbye forever and quote a mishmash of Nightmare on Elm Street and Labyrinth at him with <laughs> Silence of the Lambs visual references. Yay! This scene was a mess. <laughs> they tried so fucking hard. Let me tell you, sometimes it's better just to never speak to your dad again. But yeah, no, she had to, she had to act like he was the Goblin King or Freddy Krueger or somewhere in there. And he wanted to act like he was Hannibal Lecter. Really, there was just, like, not any consensus between the two characters about what villainous film character Hal was. So the scene I've was a I've been in that weird. improv scene before, and it sucks. <laughs> Archie wins student body president. And the serpents are not kicked out of school. Does anyone know if these are related? Or how the beat with the serpents potentially being bust got resolved? I think that was basically it. Yeah, of like, well, okay, you have political sway now. I guess Weatherby has to listen to you. Oh, Don't wow. Send them away. So student body president is above principle. Wow. <laughs> I I answer directly I, to the superintendent who isn't even a character on this show. Like I said before, I didn't take notes, so it's been a minute, so I could be wrong. Seems dumb. But that felt like what happened. That's my emotional memory of the occurrence. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have my notes were what the fuck. So oh, okay, good. We we sort of do end up with a consensus there then. Yeah. Oh boy. FP addresses the serpents, uh, presumably to say goodbye. Uh, that he wants to retire for real now, and that Jughead is his successor. Which wow. Ew. In context of this season, notes. what an amazing choice. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This nepotism's horrible. Jughead's such a terrible choice. What the fuck? I mean, okay, don't make it Sweet Pea. That's fine. Don't make it Sweet Pea, but make it anyone else. Yeah. Anyone else who's not Jughead? Because Tallboy's dead. Just... Tallboy's dead. So, like, there is no one but Sweet Pea who is a worse choice. Yes. Jughead has done nothing but bad for the serpents. Yeah. Every other person is a better choice than Jughead. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But he's your Serpent King. All hail our stupid Serpent King. Uh, and his first act, though, his first act of Serpent King is giving Cheryl a signature red serpent jacket. I have a crying emoji there here. There has to be a red one. This rocks. Oh, it's so good and so dumb. <laughs> <sighs> very, very, very Riverdale. Yeah. It looks cool. It looks cool. She looks cool. Very, very cool. We get dramatic donning of jackets a lot in this show. They love jackets. Yeah. Betty tells Alice about her visit to Hal. Cool. Fred gets a call uh, to find out that Hermione won the race. She visits to say that Fred did well, ran a good campaign, some sort of olive branch, but... Yeah. Archie pays Hiram a visit and kind of does a little power play in a very, like, petty Hiram mode about Veronica having kept the door unlocked for him this entire time. Which I thought was funny. He confronts Hiram with both his manipulations 
of Archie through the whole season. Like, suddenly he has a bit of self-awareness uh, with this tall boy frame job, murder at the lake, Penny and the Ghoulies, everything. Hiram tries his normal smug denials, but Archie promises he's gonna get him. Idiot boy. And, and, like, he basically suggests that once it's proven, he's straight gonna come murder him with his own two hands. <laughs> he pretty much does. Yeah. <laughs> idiot boy uh, I'm gonna defeat you in the court of the law and then I'm gonna murder you myself <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me oh my god Archie so dumb I loved it uh, We the method that we used to get here was terrible but at least we're here <laughs> Veronica reveals Pops used to have a basement speakeasy which she wants to turn into a club with FP as the manager, Veronica says Hiram's probably plotting revenge on everybody. So, like, <laughs> again, we gave up foiling the villain for have a neat club to hang out at and be ready for the shoe of revenge, the other shoe of revenge, I should say, to drop. Like, the were they 12? <laughs> I could understand making this choice. I don't know. I just watched Stranger Things season three, and those kids would have done so much better. They would have done better. They would have kept the stronghold and not let people have a monopoly. And now whatever. they would have had some amazing older teen mentors to to like talk to about it. But that's neither here nor yeah. there. Yeah. No. I. It's a mess. Yeah. It's it's very bad. Who does this? Oh God. Hiram has a rogues gallery meeting. Uh, saying that the prison will be open soon. Uh, Claudius is going to supply drugs through it, and Malachi is going to be, like, fielding soldiers and dealers from the ghoulies. Peabody's going to be their legal troubleshooter, and Penelope wants a brothel. And Hiram promises that he has a poison pill for those meddling kids. <laughs> I I hate this so much. <laughs> I honestly, love this so much. It just much. seems like they're running, like, drugs and sex stuff this doesn't seem that bad <laughs> like well but the way that it happens in a prison is not great no like, that's true the, prison, the, the fact that it's all wrapped in a prison industrial complex like package makes that's it all that's obviously bad. terrible yes yeah like yeah. the way you're gonna pursue all that stuff is gonna be the most violent uh you know, brutal, oppressive way possible. Okay, theoretically, you're right, Rob, but it's within the hands of the Riverdale writers, so I don't think that's true. Oh, yeah, who fucking knows? <laughs> who who knows if they're even going to remember this when season three rolls around? Any Spoiler alert for season three. There's just a boxing <laughs> ring that they run out of the prison. Yeah, sure, why not? Archie becomes a champion fisticuffsman. Yep, why not? Polly thanks Alice for visiting Hal. Uh, she says, oh, I've got a friend from the farm who can help heal you, mother. Uh-oh. <laughs> Alice accepts. Uh-oh. Nope. Alice, what happened? <laughs> oh, no. She feels the pull of a season break. All her kids. <laughs> it's a character development fire sale. Everything must go. <laughs> yeah, you can see it circling the drain here. <laughs> oh, shit. Why? Jughead and Betty uh, are at a hotel. Jughead floats this serpent queen idea, and there is an ominous fucking narration about the next day's cataclysm. And so we're, we're, we're closing in on the end here. Josie sings the national anthem before Archie's inauguration, and something is very, very wrong, according to the sound design. Mm -hmm. Minetta rolls in to arrest Archie, pitting the Shadow Lake murder on him. 
I'm pretty glad that there wasn't a Black Hood cosplay school shooting because I thought that's where we were going since mm. all the tall boy business was off screen and like all the kids are assembled and it's creepy and something really bad is about to happen. I was like, please don't do this. Yeah, uh, they didn't. They used something that was already there. Thank God. Uh, and we bring the main four characters back together. Same with like the North and South. I mean, that, that, that's the end. He's he's getting carted off. Archie is. And and going into season three, we've got the main four back together. Uh, we're setting up Hiram as the head of a cabal of villains. Uh, and we're kicking it all off with a direct a- attack on Archie. So hopefully we're done with stupid bad Archie for at least a while. Uh, don't count on don't it, count but on we can it. hope. Well, that's he's going to be in the prison, so. Yeah, that's the episode and that's the season. So <laughs> let's talk about Riverdews. Am I up first? Yep. Please. What to recommend about this episode? The way that it sets the table for season three is my Riverdew. Now, of course, they have demonstrated a great track record of dropping balls like this, but the fact that the four main characters are all on the same page after being just at each other's throats and misunderstanding each other and having false conflicts with each other constantly through the whole season is very refreshing. They have a villain and a bunch of sub-villains all aligned against them and they are aligned together and they have these bad people doing bad things that they need to as teens find a way to defeat and i really like that compared to all the bullshit of this season you make a good point that's my riverdue is just that like they are in a situation where they can disappoint me extra much by not telling good stories Mm. right they have allowed you to imagine a season three of riverdale that's that's a good television show exactly 100% 100% my river do. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll follow on with that and say that I do like that they're all aligned together. Like, having everybody back on the same page, it needed to happen. Thank God. I mean, really, to me, it showed me how tired I was of them not being. Oh, cool. Hmm. Because, I mean, there's a lot of mileage in having, like, conflicts between the main four, but I think we've done too fucking many of them, and too many of them were not really properly motivated, and it just got really tiresome to me. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for them to, like, go fight a villain. Um, yeah, I guess the, for me, the things that I'm all, it it gave me a lot to be excited for, for next season, through a bunch of little lines. For example, FP mentioned Toledo, and that means 100% we're getting Jellybean next season. You know, like, there's no way we're not. Oh, man. You know? like That'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's happening. It, like, that's that's happening. It's time. That's We've resolved enough. And as since, since we sort of... I think we now know what Riverdale's about. Riverdale isn't about Archie and relationship conflicts and blah, blah, blah. Riverdale is about these kids fighting... <laughs> fight, fighting Hiram's attempts within this town as... as Sometimes doing a very, very bad job. Yes. Yeah, Uh, yeah, like they could have actually fought them here, but they weren't going to. Um, But now that we like have what Riverdale's about, we get to play with it. Um, So that's pretty cool because I like 
I like a lot of Archie things, and they haven't done them, and now mm. they have a shot at it since the, yeah, the template's like, been set out. If you're gonna do teens versus villains, like having this rogues gallery who are set up in like the Doctor Wily and then the eight robot masters like mm-hmm. structure, it's actually probably what you should do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. River don'ts, huh? Yep. This one is easy for me. This may be unanimous. They just fumble the ball at Hiram's one-yard line, watch him pick it up, and wish him well on his trip to the other fucking end zone. And Yeah, basically. Why? Why did they do that? It is absolutely inexplicable and fucking infuriating. It's like one of the worst things they've ever done in this show. It's just a, a really weird writing decision. Real weird. Like, we really need to have a set for the next season where we can have high-profile musical guests, so fuck the story, I suppose. Like, the thing that really gets me about it is Hermione winning the mayoral election is enough. That Mm -hmm. is enough of a victory for them to, like, move into the next season on and to, like, set things up. But no. Yeah, and... They had to give a bunch more. They could have... Right, right. It would have been... I would have been exciting for them to have only the white worm in the thing and us know that that's where the stakes were and have them constantly pressing against the thing and like Hermione be the mayor and us know that she and her husband are at this shaky place in their relationship. That would have been like kind of a good show, <laughs> but no, not to mention there's show. no way there's no way they're going to put anything in that speakeasy that's anywhere close to as cool as the original Mortal Kombat 2 arcade cabinet from the White Worm. Yeah. Uh, I was so just, happy to see it. <laughs> it's just sucks it's so gonna be bad. Gone. It's going to be gone now. All okay. of the levels on which this I'm going to lose my shit if that Mortal Kombat game is at the speakeasy now, but that's not going to be there. Yeah. Almost certainly not. Yeah. So that's some big, big River Don't action. I've got a weekly weird. It's not that weird, but it's it's a bit weird. Um, it's just that Veronica just uses ransom money for this plan and has a lawyer representing her. And, like, nothing is said about making that a possible thing to do. It's just another one of those things where, like, clearly they didn't think through how things actually work. The I have... Yeah, I have one. There wasn't even an implication that there was off-screen money laundering. It's just... I don't think our writers have any idea how that works. So that was very strange to me. No, yeah, that's that's uh, that's my that's my weekly weird. It's just that we are very well acquainted with how this money was got, and we've been making a lot of big talk about the difference between legitimately gained money and illegitimately gained money, and like how it's important. And they're trying to go legit, and then she just spends the ransom money on a thing. Yeah, but like. There's been no implication, really, aside from we don't know all of the businesses around town that, for example, Veronica's parents own or all of that. Like, we we only know, like, one. You know, they, they haven't – they are not doing that work, and I'm not confident that they know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, similarly, in terms of not knowing how things work, I don't know why Archie won that election, and I don't know how he did. I'm pretty sure no Ethel should have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. And it seemed like they were setting it up to be, you know? Yeah, because like, otherwise like, why oh, show the come her from poster? Because everybody got so, like, caught up in the drama and they all dropped out. And like, oh, look, this 
this this really unlikely candidate wins and like the 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 beat is that like oh she's awesome at the job you know yeah. why like, show the that's poster not if you're doing. not going to do it <laughs> we didn't we just didn't do it <laughs> hasn't ethel muggs been through enough apparently not yeah i don't know so my weekly weird sticking to this school thing is that whole we're gonna kick the serpents out debacle like, we're going to kick all the Southsiders oh, yeah. out. We're going to bust them away. Good one. It makes no sense. We know that they don't know anything about, like, administration or government or anything. But the extent to which they don't know anything about these things never ceases to amaze. Like, that the school, uh, that ostensibly, a student body president who is arrested during his inauguration still has the power to overrule the school board. Yeah. That's awe-inspiring when you really lay it out there. The show isn't tight. No. No. I mean, again, like, my theory stands that they wrote another half-season length thing and then, like, suddenly were surprised with a 22-episode order and just had to blow it out to a full season. That's, it really feels like that's what happened. That's been the most consistent theme of the show is that it's always felt like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Well, folks, that was River Do's and River Don'ts Season 2. Thanks for bearing with us. What a weird show. <laughs> what a weird show. Uh, yeah. Thank you for taking the journey with us. Yes. It has been many things. One of them is certainly long and circuitous. <laughs> Cheryl wore a lot of red things. Yes, she Bless did. Cheryl. She continues to be the best Cheryl one. wore red. People made dumb decisions. And the writers didn't know how stuff worked. Riverdale. That's it. That's the end right there. 